Welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Hope your holidays were great. Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona. Paul Hornstein on Long Island, New York. How you doing, Scott? I'm doing great, Paul. Great to see you in person last week. We always, yeah, it was awesome. Once a year, at least, we get to visit. And, and it's a great time. I know I had a great time. And, uh, and and shout out to your son, Charlie, for helping us out with some technical stuff. We needed that. Nice to see Charlie at the rink and nice to meet him in person. Yeah. I, I hear a lot about him, but I'd never seen him. And I, I told him that. I said, nice to meet you in person. He goes, I don't think you've met me not in person. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something he would say. Yeah. <laughs> he, is, he, unfortunately, has got the um, – uh, let's see how I can put this delicately. Um don't have to because we know. <laughs> <laughs> we know the gene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he unfortunately um, uh, would be very interested in the uh, sarcasm font on my phone, just uh, on his phone, just like I have on. Want to be on mine? If I could invent that, man, I'd be awesome. Oh yeah, fact. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is relive the miracle. Do you believe in miracles? Podcast. This is episode number three. Um, I just got back from Vegas, kind of doing multiple things, checking out some ACHA hockey, some NCAA hockey, but also doing a little feeling around to see what the temperature was for Relive the Miracle. There's a little bit of a buzz going on right now. It's a little early. It's a little early. It's early, but uh, not too early for us because we're going to hype it up and we're going to keep talking about how you can get tickets and and relivethemiracle2020.com is your site your place to get all the information. Paul and I are here to enhance that. We're here to uh, give you a little background on some of the players. Well, not some, all all the players, players, coaches, (laughs) and everybody that we can get our hands on. Uh, Our good friends um, that are out there that that know about us, uh, Brendan Shaw, um, he's one that's been, I got a phone call from Brendan the other day when I was in Vegas. So so they're they're still out there. Thanks to Jeff and Brendan for uh, for keeping up with everything that we're doing. We're looking get forward your tickets to it. now, people. Get them now. Absolutely. Because if it gets closer, you're not going to get them. I'm telling exactly. you that right and, now. And if you want the good stuff, there's some really good stuff, Paul. There's like $500 tables where you get merchandise and meet and greets with the guys right up close. I mean, there's some really good stuff beyond just the seats to be able to hear mm. and meet these guys. And we've said it over and over again. 40 years is a long time. Yeah. Who's going to be there in 50? Right. Everybody know. says, oh, well, the let's hope we are better. Yeah, yeah exactly. let's hope we are. <laughs> so anyway, get to Vegas. February 22nd is the big day at Thomas and Mack Center. You can get your tickets uh, at relive the miracle 2020.com. 40 years reunion of the 1980 gold medal hockey team. And I get excited for Olympic hockey, even when the world juniors are going on. Because anytime you see that red, white and blue going on, you kind of get a little itchy. It's more difficult for me now, Paul, than before because I, I see so many guys that are prospects of the Golden Knights or the Coyotes right. that play in different teams. Barrett Hayton, for example, I've, I've seen Barrett um, several times, and he's captaining the Canadian team. So it's, sometimes it's just a little bit of a uh, a little bit of an adjustment for me being an American and, and knowing the 1980 team the way we did. So let's tell you who our guests are going to be or who we're going to feature today. We're going to feature Mark Wells. Right. We're going to feature Phil Vercota. We're going to feature Ba, John Ba Harrington. Ba, that, that comes out of my mouth every time I hear him. It, it, John is a great guy, a great guy. He used to be the head coach at St. John's University in Minnesota. Uh, I used to see him all the time. Right. Um, and then, of at least course, you're coaching. 
Oh yeah, and of course that. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not in Minnesota. So no, that's true. <laughs> and uh, of course Neil Broughton is a, a childhood friend of mine that I've known playing on the golf course since I think we were in ninth grade, something like that. Crazy. <laughs> uh, so whether we di- we didn't get to match up on the ice, and people go, "Why you never match up on the ice?" No, where I went to school. We weren't in the same league as where Rozo, Minnesota, played high school hockey. How do you say that? Rozo, yep. Rozo, Minnesota. Rozo, okay, Rozo was, uh... Minnesota, and it's uh, 20 miles, give or take, from Rozo to Warroad, which uh, have more Olympic and NHL players than probably anywhere in the world per capita. <laughs> if you look down the list, the two towns have a combined total of about 4,000 people. 20 miles apart. And if you want to talk about a rivalry and we can talk rivalries because there's a huge one going on at Arizona state this weekend with Michigan state yeah. and ASU Rozo Michigan and Warroad. I'm sorry, Michigan tech okay. and ASU uh, Rozo and Warroad played some of the fiercest high school rivalry games I have ever seen. People would pack those buildings. They would be there early. They would be tailgating. It would be a virtual war between those two high school programs. Now, so, uh, I, I would assume, just from experience, that it was probably the northern version of Friday Night Lights. Oh, yes. Like high school oh, football yes. in Texas. Yeah, uh, very yes. much so. Yeah, there's 5,000 in each town, and if they had a building to fit 30,000, you'd be like, wait, yeah. where did these other people come from? Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, it was a phenomenal rivalry. Um, keep in mind, that, I mean... Roseville and Warroad are on the Canadian border, so I mean, right. there was as many Canadian people that that came there as Americans, probably. Um, and they both did industries, and, and they both, way back in the 80s and 90s, fought for players. At that time, what, what they would do is Warroad was the home of Marvin Windows and Christian right. Brothers Hockey Sticks. So they would go out in northern Minnesota, recruit the parents of a, <laughs> of a ninth grader. Really? I'm and, shocked! And bring them I'm in and, and give them a high-quality job at, at Marvin Windows and transfer the kid shocked. into Warroad, right? Rozo, the home of Polaris, would do the same type of thing when they were looking for guys. Or they would take the other route and they would say, hey, you don't want to do it that way. You don't want to play for those guys and have that on your conscience. You want to come to Rozo and play uh-huh. where we're Rozo. <laughs> okay, so that goes hey, way listen. back Listen, I, listen. If you ever, if you haven't, and I, not that I want to push H.G. Bissinger's book Friday Night Lights, uh, but if you uh, ever get uh, a chance to, read it, you'll read kind of the same thing when the third high school in, <laughs> in, in 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 town closed, in Odessa closed back after the oil boom ended. All right, the, the politics of redistricting yep. to get the good football players in one place. Or another, yeah. at school closed. You're talking about the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I can only imagine the stories that took place <laughs> uh, between those two, and that uh, between those two schools. So, so, so uh, that's a little backstory on it. Also, to give you a clue of just how cold it is up there, we used to play hockey in the alley because uh, it would freeze over. And you could skate in the alley. You could, you know, spray it down with the hose if you get water to come out, and, and give you a resurface, and then skate down the road and play. So uh, that that was uh, that was a true God, story. Chills just thinking about that. Yeah, Whoa. you can't do that here in, uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, I oh, 
Okay. So so time to jump in. We told everybody where they could get everything. We told them about when it is, February 22nd. Actually come for the whole weekend. Vegas Golden Knights have a game. They're going to honor the team there. The Vegas Golden Knights, uh, big supporters, um, which we give shout-out to them too because, man, oh, man, without their support, um, you know, they're, they're so great at bringing in sponsors and doing everything. So come on out, support uh, the 1980 gold medal hockey team. Let's jump right in with the one right. that we said we don't have a lot of information on because Mark Wells is that guy, right? Yeah, he Tell is. Tell us a little bit about Mark Wells. He was on the team. He was an integral part of the team, but he's not the face of the team. He's not the guy that you think about when you think um, gold medal unless you see the back of his jersey in a picture. Well, listen, uh, you know, everybody can't be the, the first liners. No. You know, everybody can't, everybody can't be Mike Ruzioni. Everybody can't be Jim Craig. Uh, everybody can't be Mark Johnson. Um, and I left Broughton out just because we're going to talk about him in a little bit. I don't want to make anybody angry. You know, that's not my style. Um, somebody has to be the grinder. Somebody has to be the third and fourth liner. Somebody has to be the guy to go out there and kill some penalties. And somebody has to go out there and be the guy that just doesn't allow the other team to score. Somebody, there there are 18 guys on a roster that are playing in any particular game. And if you don't have those kind of guys, you're not going to win. You, You can't have, you know, this, I mean, under the circumstances, this this was not an all-star team, so to speak, uh, in terms of the way you went into it thinking like the year before when the, the Soviets played the NHL All-Stars in the Challenge Cup. You know, we're not talking about the same thing. It's not that Wells couldn't score. He was a very good scorer in college. Uh, you know, when he played at Bowling Green with Ken Morrow, he probably averaged about – well, not probably – uh, he had two years of 20-plus goals, and he had another year where he hit 17 as a freshman. Um, we're not talking about a guy that couldn't play it. He was a great pa- – in college, he was a great pass. He had 57 assists in his senior year. Think about that. 57 assists. <laughs> yeah, okay? let me let so, me tell you this. When you talk about a game. Yeah, and when you talk – and you and I are seeing a lot of college hockey right now with the uh, development of ASU's program and seeing other teams. And you look at players, and they've got 10 goals now. they got seven goals, and they're leading their team with 11 goals or and maybe 20 assists. I mean, when you're talking about 57, 57. points and – And you're talking about a guy that wasn't considered a star of this no. Olympic team. Well, listen, he, he was a star at his own right in college hockey. Yeah, listen, this was, these were his numbers uh, at Bowling Green. Uh, 17 goals, 27 assists as a freshman, 23 and 37 as a sophomore. Uh, he slumped in his junior year uh, with 11 goals and 34 assists. And his senior year, before he went out on the road with the Olympic team, right, uh, you're talking uh, nine, uh, 26 goals and 57 assists in four games. That's nuts. <laughs> in four games, you know, four no, games, forty-five games, forty-five games. I think he said four games. I'm going. Uh, yeah, Holy no, cow! <laughs> yeah, four games. That would be pretty good, right? Uh, right. You know. Uh, but listen, um, you know, great college player. 
did not end up playing in the National Hockey League. Had a few years in the, in the minor leagues. Um, he, unfortunately, is one of those guys that did not have a lot of post-hockey luck, uh, post-Olympic luck. He came down with a rare spinal disease. Yeah. Um, um, and, you know, it's only recently, at least according to, you know, the research that he has recovered enough to play in some of these reunion games that they've had. Obviously, he can't go like some of these other guys could have. Um, you know, so he, he it's, it's, um, it hasn't been easy for him after the Olympics were over. He certainly hasn't had it like some of these other guys have had. So, um, you know, and, you know, Paul, and, Paul, and it's going to happen. You get 20 guys, somebody's going to be, yeah. I don't want to say the short end of the stick, but because I, well, I, I don't want to make it sound like that. It's just, that's life. Yeah, I want to jump in there and say exactly that. That's life, right? I mean, right. these guys were, were human beings like you and I. Uh, one of the greatest things that I will take away from the 1980 gold medal hockey team was they were just everyday guys. They were. And, and uh, growing up in northern Minnesota, nobody really puts them on a pedestal. I mean, uh, you, you walk around with that gold medal and, yeah, nice. You won one. Good job. It's not. Yeah. It's not like... It's not like running into Mark Andre Fleury outside of uh, the the Smith's grocery store in Vegas or whatever, right? Uh, these guys achieved something, but they were just another guy that you could be right down the street, and you'll see that when they come to Vegas because they are still just other guys that did something incredible. Yeah. All right, so. Mark Wells, let's jump on to uh, the Bulldog, Phil Verkota. All right. Well, listen. Um... Phil, you know, won a national championship at Minnesota, just like a lot of these guys did. Um, Grew up on the Iron Range. You know, and I have no idea what the heck you're talking okay. about. I threw I threw that in, the bulldog part, and it went right on over past your head. The Gophers are a Minnesota team, but I'm a bulldog, so I get to throw out that little thing. Yeah, he I, was I, from, I was ignoring it. He was from the Iron Range, right, which is a, a – the upper part of uh, northeastern Minnesota, um, where they mine iron ore, or did a, a lot more prominently years ago than they do now. Used right. to ship it down to Duluth and put it on uh, big ore boats and send them around the Great Lakes. But anyway, that's another story. So Phil Verkota, uh was a gopher. Um, yeah. And he was a bulldog killer at the time. Trust me, because I went there from 1980 to 84. He was a bulldog killer. And there was such a rivalry in Minnesota from these guys. And we got three Minnesotans on this show again today. We got Phil, we got John Harrington, and we got uh, Neil Broughton. Uh, But, man, once you made that decision uh, to go one way or the other, and there wasn't a Mankato State in the NCAA at that time. It was nope. either you were going North Dakota, Minnesota, Duluth, or Minnesota. We used to call it the Golden Triangle because you were going to get gold at any one of those three places, so to speak. But yeah. but you had to make a decision, right? Um, right. And, and I'll get into the Broughton story in a little bit, but Herb Brooks actually had a scout watching him uh, in eighth grade. <laughs> so he knew he knew what he had. He also knew that he came from a very good family that continued on from there. Uh, Neil's younger brother, and not by much, Aaron Broughton, right. moved on to play. And, of course, right. Paul, uh, younger than Aaron uh, even. 
uh, went on to play there as well. So, right. Okay. And, and so let's, uh, get, let's get back to uh, Phil Ricotta and what he did. Well, you know, Phil uh, actually played on two Olympic teams. Yes. He played on 80 and 84. He was the captain in the 84 team. Mm-hmm. Um, and fun he, fact, folks, remember that one. Fun fact. Yeah. Uh, they actually, obviously, that team had a couple of guys that played on the 84 team as well. Uh, Verkota was good enough at Minnesota where he was voted as one of the top 50 players in school history. Uh, I guess the last time they had that vote. Um, he was also kind of another eat a worm kind of guy. Uh, he didn't put up the fancy numbers, but he was good enough on both ends of the ice where he got that recognition where he was a key cog on the championship team, just like most of these guys were. Um, it's It sounds crazy, but as you look at this, as we go through this list week by week or every other week, you sit here and say, well, it, it doesn't surprise me that these guys won national championships at Minnesota <laughs> because, you know, uh, look how good uh, this lineup ended up being in the long run um, once they, they opened up eyes at the Olympics. So, um if you get voted in as one of the top 50 players in the history of Minnesota hockey, and by the Minnesota we mean University of Minnesota, not just the state of Minnesota, um, you've done something. Let's put it that way. Um, you but know, you, you truly have done something, but if you're one of the top 50 at the University of Minnesota Duluth, then you've really done something. <laughs> all right quit sending the hate mail quit sending the hate mail I hate mail i get it i get it i'm done uh, no i love it don't go uh, uh, don't, don't, don't back off I'm on done. my account don't back off on my account okay no so problem. from the 1984 olympic team where did phil ricotta go what's he doing now what give us a little background on phil so we all feel like we know him when we get to uh vegas well you know, a lot of these guys went into business and finance after not only were they done, uh, you know, whether they went into the most of these guys did play some pro hockey. Uh, you know, they they didn't have the 10 and 15 year careers. Some of them did. So they made uh, those kinds of situations. Um, but Verkota, uh is a bank president in Minnesota right now. So, um, you know. So, so let me say, he did well with the gold that he's he doing okay. Can I yeah, say that? well, he clearly, <laughs> clearly has the golden touch. Right. I, mean, I can be droll too, and I can be sitting here <laughs> and, and whip out bones like anybody. So, um, if you want to say that, that's okay. Uh, like I said, just, you know, between those two things, being voted as a top 50 player in, in the history of that school and winning the gold medal, uh, and playing on two Olympic teams. Don't forget well, that. Not, that's, that's a big thing to be able to get yeah, they, two Olympics. They played on. He played on two Olympic teams. Um, I, and the I, captain one like of them. Go to an Olympics. Uh, to yeah. an Olymp- forget about playing on an Olympic team. You know. <laughs> I mean, jeez. So. Okay. Okay. Phil Ricotta, hats off to you. Even though you didn't go to Minnesota Duluth, I'll still give you credit because you are from the great state of Minnesota. Uh, and moving on. And moving nah, on. You really don't want to, but we uh, will. Okay. Well, uh, John Harrington, uh, John and I go way back. John used to coach or coaches at the uh, St. John's University and NCAA Division Three school. 
I knew John for a long time. Uh, I covered his teams, covered him. I always had great visits uh, whenever I went to – St. John's is just outside of St. Cloud, Minnesota. And at the time, okay. there was no National Hockey Center. There was no St. Cloud State big bad hockey team and the NCHC. But John had a program, a thriving program at a small uh, Christian university at St. John's University. Right. So um, what a coaching? great man. What a great man. The, for, forget about the hockey player for a minute. I'm going to tell you that John Harrington is a great man. A lot of these guys are great men. But, mm-hmm. man, John would take time out for anybody at any time. He didn't need an SID to, to, to set up his work. If you wanted to call him, you called John, and you met with him, and we moved on. He, he, he's a hockey man, right? He wanted to talk hockey whenever you could talk hockey. And if you wanted to talk life, let me tell you, John Harrington was talking life. I, I talked life with him several times. Uh, back in the uh, 90s and 2000s when he, he, he I, you know, I, I haven't seen him in years, but but I can right. truly call him a friend for the time that we had because that's where he was. He guided me when I was doing uh, an old publication, and this is really old, folks. This is in the 80s. I was doing a publication, and this is what got me started covering hockey. I did a publication called Rink, Inc. It was right. a, uh, a newspaper. Inc, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Newspaper? What's that? Yeah, it was a newspaper thing that we wrote the stories, printed it, got our pictures developed, scanned them in, uh, all kinds of things that were. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But but John John was there to support me and uh, right. and my ambitions, and uh, for that I'll always be thankful. And I'm really looking forward. He's one of the the guys. I'm looking forward to seeing them all. But he's one of the guys that I really want to re retouch base with when he gets out to Vegas. So. Well, Tell you, us talk a little bit about, about John. You, you talk about life and he's been affecting lives for a long time because he's still coaching. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, he's still coaching. He uh, coached at Denver. He coached at St. Cloud. Uh, and like you say, he coached at St. John. Right now he's uh, coaching uh, the women's team at Minnesota State. So mm-hmm. um, he's still going to rink every day and he's still putting on the skates and lacing them up and, uh, you know, you know, if you're a rink rat, you're a rink rat. That never changes. <laughs> right. You know, um, you know, you could be worse. You could be working, right? Right. <laughs> you could be working. He gets to, he gets to deal with hockey for a living. How great is that? Absolutely. You know? And uh, John is one of your Duluth guys. Yeah. He's one of the few. Oh, uh, what? Really? Bulldogs. Did I, yeah, did well, I miss that? Yeah, I think he did. I think okay. he did. Okay. Yeah, he's a bulldog, folks. Yeah, he was actually one of the guys that was never drafted in the NHL right. by the NHL teams. Um, what a mistake that was. Okay. Well, listen, it could be. I mean, listen, for Col- uh, Wells was drafted by the Canadians uh, when he was eligible to be drafted, even though he never got to play. Uh, that was the 13th round. And, I, I, and you know, and I love Verkota's stuff, and I forgot to mention that. He was drafted actually in the fifth round by the North Stars. Yeah. And when you look the at – the Minnesota North Stars. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Now, the, the team that just played in the Cotton Bowl. Oh, no, wait. I'm, I'm sorry. That was the Dallas <laughs> Stars. I'm sorry. Oh, shut um, um, the, the The part I like is when you see this. Yeah. He was also drafted in the fifth round, Verkota was, by the Calgary Cowboys of the WHA. Yeah. I love, love that. <laughs> love that. Uh, you know, so, but I mean, he's still in the rink every day. He's still affecting people's lives. 
women's hockey is growing very, very quickly. And, uh, you know, considering that the, the two best women's hockey teams, right, you know, in, in the world are the U.S. and the, Can- and the Canadian women's hockey teams. And, um, you know, I, I think the Swedes are trying to squeeze in there, but they just haven't been able to do that yet. Um, you know, I, I'm sure if we looked at some of these women's rosters uh, for the last Olympics or maybe the one before that, maybe you'll see a, a Minnesota State player in there. Too. I don't Absolutely. know. Uh, I'm trying to get into following that, too. I know uh, in the last three or four years, there have actually been uh, a handful of women's programs start up in the D1 level, uh, despite the one that dropped out because yeah. we didn't talk about that. But, uh, um, you know, so, I mean, uh, still going to the rink every day. And, and you know, I, I wish I could do that, you know. I hear you. All right. Number four. Oh, we by the way, I expect if I'm there in Vegas with you, I expect to hear some stories, dude. I expect to hear some stories. <laughs> it, and get rid of this if stuff, right? Cancel out the if part. This is a once-in-a-lifetime journey. Uh, we're going to be there. We're all going to be there. Zach Bondran, our great photographer, is going to be there. So we're all going to be there. Love uh, his we're gonna, man. Love his We're going to get this stuff done. Um, okay. Last one, a personal one to me, is Neil Broughton. Uh, I've talked about him a lot. I've got his jersey. I've got uh, a picture of him, um, iconic one from the 1980 gold medal team. Um, we battled. To put it up. As I say, it's not, I don't have it here. I have it in storage. Oh. But I have uh, actually it's still back in Minnesota, actually. But Terry, uh, bring it back. Let's go. <laughs> but anyway. That's his um, wife, folks. She's in Minnesota yeah. right now waiting for that grandchild. So. Yeah, and we're two days overdue, so everybody's <laughs> a little on edge. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. um, but Neil Broughton and I met on the golf course, of all things. Uh, that was my career, was playing golf for uh, right. the better part of 25 years before I got into this crazy hockey business again. Just but, golf. Uh, you know, we played, yeah. Sometimes I think that, Paul. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we met on the golf course. Uh, we had lots of battles. Uh, the little town that I grew up in was about 90 miles from Roseau. Um, we battled on the golf course uh, for regional championships, the chance to get to the state tournament my senior year. We finally unseated the uh, mighty Roseau Rams golf team and went to the, uh, the state golf tournament. Um, Neil Broughton was gone by then. He was one year older than me. He was a 79 right. or I was an 80. But uh, so we went on. So that's where our connection started. But we, we bonded in hockey as well. As I said, my hockey team in high school was the last one to play outdoor games uh, right. an outdoor schedule. And we did not classify in the right class to play Rose <laughs> Award. We would have gotten our butts handed to us and we knew it. <laughs> But uh, going back to Neil's days, he was small, he was scrappy, he was crafty. He still got some of the best hands that I've ever witnessed on a hockey rink. He could make, let me stop. He's got the best hands and the best vision, second only to Wayne Gretzky. Um, In my estimation, he could make plays behind the net, from the side of the net, in front of the net, uh, probably on the net. (laughs) He could manufacture goals for people. Um, Let's put it this way. Uh, and I might be pushing it a little bit, but can we 
say that he would be legitimately in the conversation uh, up till Mike Madonna, that he was probably the best American player ever in the NHL at oh, that for point. Sure. I mean, for be sure. in the conversation. I don't want to, you know, I don't have the whole list in, 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 let, on, in let my me, head. Let but. me list off a few things for you of his accomplishments. Um, the only thing he didn't win was a state championship in high school. They, they got How'd that happen? How did that happen? Okay. But here's the thing. I don't, I don't believe they did. Now you got me thinking. Or did they win that? But well, he let's won put it a, this way. He was the first ever Hobie Baker winner. Yes. Okay. Uh, he's the only player to ever win the Hobie Baker, a gold medal, a national championship, and a Stanley Cup. Okay. I, I drilled you on this a little while ago to go to YouTube. Have you seen that goal he scored in the 1979 NCAA championship yet? Uh, no. I can't honestly tell you that I no. did. Go to YouTube, folks. Search it out. Minnesota, North Dakota. Um, he scores it sliding on his stomach, pushing the puck past Bob Iwabuchi from the University of North Dakota, who was unbelievable. I remember being at home in northern Minnesota. And this is as iconic to me as the 1980 gold medal game because here was a guy that I just was on the golf course with a few months earlier. And to watch him do what he did as a freshman at the University of Minnesota – then he goes and plays in the Olympics, and he comes back to Minnesota for a year because he wants to play with his brother. His best friend in high school, Brian Butsy Erickson, transfers from Cornell back to Minnesota, and they put the all-Roso line together, and it was college hockey's premier, in my estimation. If you go back and look in 1981 and you see what Aaron Broughton did with Neil Broughton and Brian Butsy Erickson together, it was phenomenal. Well, the numbers that those guys amassed were crazy. Well, I have the, the numbers in front of me. I don't have the other guys in front of me, but this kind of intrigues me because uh, as a freshman, he put in 21 goals and scored 71 points, uh, 18 minutes in penalties. Um, when he went back after the Olympics, and you know he was a target. Oh, yes. You know that. He going him going back for his sophomore oh, year after played was the, big news. He was a target, and the numbers tell you that too. Seventeen goals, fifty four assists, fifty six penalty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. he got he got and, two things. He had a target on his back, and he he didn't back down to anybody. Another thing I want you to re- research on YouTube is watch the Gretzky Broughton fight. Um, You've ever seen that? Gretzky and Broughton fought, and Broughton took him out just like that. Gretzky's only fight. Well, listen, Gretzky is not exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. But here's what you're talking about. Gretzky would pester the crap out of him. He'd whap him with a stick, and finally Neil had just had enough. One was playing for the Oilers, one was playing for the North Stars, and I think we know who was with the North Stars and who was with the Oilers. But he'd had enough. You see him just decide, I'm done. I don't wow. give a crap who it is. Exactly. But but let me tell you about this. Aaron Broughton was a pure goal scorer. And being brothers, Neil and Aaron had playing together all the way through their high school days. You know, they were a couple of years apart uh, age-wise. But when he came back with Butsy, and I call him Butsy, he's Brian Butsy Erickson. When Butsy came back from Cornell after a year and transferred to Minnesota, and Neil came back from the Olympics, and Aaron came in as a freshman. 
Neil could set up Aaron and Butsy like nobody else. That's why he had 54 assists, because he was dishing, dishing, and more dishing. So yeah, you might want to take him out of the game, but he'd just give the fuck up to somebody who was wide open. And there were guys that don't miss. Butsy was a sniper, and Aaron was a sniper. And they put together one of the best lines ever. But those are your two YouTube assignments. You got to go see both of them. Um, All right. And listen, he played 17 years in the NHL. Played over it. Played almost 1,100 games. Scored almost 300 goals. Um, played a bunch of years with the same team. Uh, the one that we talked about that moved. Um, That'd be the North Stars that went to Dallas. Went to Dallas. I could yeah. Say. yeah, I can say it too. And Play, couldn't actually, get their own name. They had to keep the star part of it. Uh, okay. That's the one thing I never understood. But that's not for here. That was Norm um, Green. Sorry. Yeah, I can tell. Uh, he actually played a dozen games for the Roadrunners when they were in the IHL. Yeah. Time out for a minute. Tell me if you know where you got a Stanley Cup without looking. Without looking? Ah, probably. Look. No, I, I, it's not here. I don't know. Oh. It's not listed. So I can't. I can look. But it's not going to tell me. Um, Jersey. Yeah. Yep. As a Played Jersey devil. devil. Yep. Jersey it was devil. hard to see. It was really hard to see. When he brought the cup back that summer, um, we weren't even know how to react to him. Because he was a North Star. He was a Minnesota boy, true and true. And here he came with this Jersey cup. But you know what? That's an Didn't NCAA matter. championship. That's a gold medal. That's listen, a Stanley Cup. Listen, do people care that... Ray Bork won his Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche? No. I don't think so. No. 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 And, 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 and did the people where where's it where was he wait, hold on. In in I'm not gonna say it right now. Rosal? Rozo. Rozo, yes. Yeah, I'm, I knew I was gonna nice. screw it up. Good job. Just, it's just yeah. Rozo. Rozo. Uh, did they say to him, sorry, Neil, you won this with the Devils. We're not gonna <laughs> hang out with you that day. No. And and, and celebrate you winning a cup. I don't think no. so. So heartbreaking, maybe. But <laughs> a ring is a ring is a ring, and that you know that is that is absolutely the truth. So a ring is a ring is a ring, and he's got it. So there it is, folks. We went a little long today, but we got all four of them in. Um, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about what we got going on uh, in the future. We got four more guys coming up. I'm gonna keep my secret because we're getting down to the nitty gritty now. But we got four more to go in two weeks. Yeah, the problem is he keeps that... it a secret from me. <laughs> we want to get this out uh, so you get your tickets because you're gonna kick yourself, folks. On March 1st, if you've missed that weekend, you're gonna be going like, "What did I just do?" So get to Vegas, get to the website, www.relivethemiracle2020.com. Get your tickets. Come on out. See us all in, in Vegas at the Thomas and Mack Center. Come on over to T-Mobile and see that beautiful facility and, and honor the guys that gave us, um, how do we say it, sports freedom in 1980 because they actually um, provided everything that, that we're building our hockey uh, lives on just in the past. Do. The biggest sports moment, period. You can't just isolate this with hockey because this is this is this is more this was more than more than just about hockey. Um, the greatest sports moment, period. Hockey, baseball, football, basketball, whatever you want to call it. It there's there is nothing that topped this. 
All right. I can't say it any better than that. It's for Paul Hornstein, Scott Scrandy, live from on Long Island, New York, and in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, shout out to our sponsors. We got a new one coming on board. I'm working hard on them. Jesse Ray's Barbecue um, in Vegas. When you're in Vegas, you got to stop in and see Jesse Ray's. I'm so jealous that it is you so sent good. me the other day. It is oh, so good. Lord. So uh, we're working with, uh, with Jesse Ray's and, and, and getting them on board with us. And uh, we're looking forward to having our good friends from uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Roger Klein's not Moonshine. A Mexican moonshine anymore. There's a new name, new brandy coming out. They're coming on board with us here in just a couple of weeks. So we're looking forward to having Roger Klein on board as well. And, of course, all of our friends at Oceanside, at the uh, Ice Den in Scottsdale and Chandler, Behind the Mask, Oxy Pow, M Drive. We can go on and on and on with people that uh, give us some support. And we always have room for more. So email me, Sales yeah gmail.com send me a direct message on any one of the uh social media accounts um what more can i say it's hockey season paul i'm uh, running myself ragged and it's gonna be that way till april now yeah that's all right it's uh, somebody has to do it all right folks have a good weekend and tune in again in two weeks for another version of the relive the miracle 2020.com do you believe in miracles podcast have a good night <laughs>